Opening take. What do you got? What is going on? My big take this week is that I prefer flourless things to things with flour when it comes to desserts. How about that? Flourless tort? Hook me up, baby. That's the fucking bomb. Flourless cookie, whatever. I'll take it. If that's if that's the choice, I will take the flourless one. And it's not because of any dietary restriction. It's because it tastes better. It's my big so, take. Wait, what? What's the substitute there? I'm I don't really know. Confused. Usually, I don't know what what the substitute is. I, I, it's not like I'm making it. I just like if I see it at the bakery or. I mean, if you put a cookie or a cake in front of me, whether it has flour or not, I'm throwing that thing down the chute. But which one would you take if? There's... I don't care. Oh, you, just, you just tell the guy at the bakery, oh, just give me whatever the fuck. Yeah, just let's go. Bring it on. Chop, chop. Ooh. What just do you point got in the for middle. Me? Give me that one. And they're both on the other. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's my big take. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys. What's what's the next? Gilly, what you got? Um, I think URI basketball is going to be a totally different team next year in terms of just like grit and grind just pounded inside it's going to be so weird but i'm going to love it and it's going to be it's just going to be a polarizing shift from what we had this year where it was like you can't trust anybody really down low and all of a sudden we're going to be have a a glut of big men and we're going to have supersized lineups and it's going to break my mind and i love it already jacob topping at the two it's going to be completely opposite from what they've been doing the past 20 years because it, the issue has always been recruiting bigs, realistically. Yep. Like, oh, you, you got, like, one that's a, a solid big that's, like, a junior or senior, and then you get, like, a freshman, and it's like, oh, maybe he'll turn out to be okay. And then it's like, oh, it kind of works out, but you have, like, one at a time. Haven't had this in a while. We had Earl Watson contributing major minutes. <laughs> I was just going to say, you rely <laughs> on, like, JUCO transfers like Earl Watson to come in and play good for two years right off the bat. Poor dude never hit a free throw. He's a cool. He, to this day, I remember like his his you know whatever red shirt practice year or whatever it was. He was he was a big dude and he slimmed down a lot and he got pretty you know he was respectable by the his senior year. He was fun of you know fun minutes. Yeah, he was another version of. Uh, do you remember Jason Francis? No, just like massive dudes that could only run like eight minutes a game because they were just like complete not in like basketball shape to be able to to play an entire game. So it was like you had to make it count and. One half. You couldn't play in both halves. Gil Baruta, we got guys like that coming up. Oh, True. What times. a nice kid. He yeah. was a nice dude. He was he had like a he's like nearing a four GPA or something like that, I'm pretty sure too. Pop quiz, I know Jake knows the answer here, but where did Gil transfer from? Oh, I don't know. He was like from Lithuania or something like that, right? He did not transfer from Lithuania. I know, but that's where he was from, right? <laughs> I know the answer if you want me to butt in. Anyone else? No? Jake, I, I, I believe it was Rutgers. You're right. 
He was on the team oh. with Rice, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was. I remember. Cause I remember the. Uh, I remember they were like fielding inquiries from like ESPN when all that shit went down, and they were like, "Yeah, Gil's not going to talk about it. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen." Yeah, Gil Baruta. You got an opening take for us, first time guest. I do. We got to uh, introduce him. We got to introduce him. Yeah, come oh, on, give him something, this? Ollie. Oh my Oliver. freaking god! I was just gonna go let him introduce himself. Jesus! Wow, <laughs> you were the worst host ever. <laughs> Throw it over to the guy to introduce himself and plug his podcast and everything, and you guys just stone cold no, interrupt. You're not gonna lead him into it. Oh, no, he's a Ollie. He can do it himself. This would not happen on crossing state lines. That's right, for you guys. Just, I'll take the rest of the episode off, and you guys can just keep. And you guys can go. I'll just moderate. Go ahead. It's all right, Ollie. First of all, it's okay. That don't they don't need harp on Ali. Second of all, it would not happen on crossing state lines because there are two people there, and we, oh! we introduce ourselves right off the bat. Oh! <laughs> oh! Uh, but yeah, I'm Jake Morocco. I co-host crossing state lines with Dave Albiani, who is here in spirit. I'm sure he's off governing the town of Stoneham through the quarantine. So, God uh, yeah, God, that's right. God bless him for the work. <laughs> but uh, my opening take is I finished Tiger King. And I think that Joe Exotic is the fifth worst person in that show, in the docuseries. There are right, so many worst. Who's actually likable? Oh, nobody. There's Exa- nobody. Yeah, yeah, but okay. I'm ranking him by least worst. I mean, the worst, I think Jeff Lowe is the worst one. Yeah, uh, just a dirtbag. To this day, is getting off scot-free with it. Um, second, I hate to do it. I mean, I think actually second, here's another blazing take for you. Second is Carol's current husband. <laughs> I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him so much. How was the picture of him in the, the collar? Oh, yeah. Third is oh, Carol. Carol right. himself. And then fourth right. is the jet ski guy. Oh, wow. Shout out to Doc Antle for really usurping any. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. <laughs> I forgot about Doc Antle for a second. Yeah, uh, that guy's a creep. Let, let's, let's put Doc Antle second. We'll put uh, Carol's husband fourth in the place of jet ski guy. Third is still Carol. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm still putting Jeff Lowe number one because that guy deserves at, at least. I feel like everybody's getting their comeuppance except for because at least Doc Ansel's place got raided. Like um, Jeff Lowe, his come. I still need his comeuppance. You know what I mean? They still need Jeff Lowe needs to. He probably should be in jail. So uh, yeah, but Joe Exotic is is not a good person. Don't get me wrong, but he's not by far not the worst person in that. In the who's the best? Who do you think the best one is out of it? Um, uh, probably the one who gets her arm ripped off. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. nice. And Sal. then, uh, who's the, uh, the, the, the head keeper that, yeah, Frankie? until, yeah, cause he, he was okay. He was good. And then all of a sudden he just dropped in that he left his wife of 30 years, like randomly. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was so okay. weird. Well, was not necessary to add to the, <laughs> so he wasn't feeling happy anymore. So he left it. <laughs> yeah, I was sad to hear. I don't know. By the way, I left my wife. Yeah. It's just like totally irrelevant to the, the whole documentary but that's that's my it's my blazing hot take right there you know who's getting a pass in all of this oh was his name alan the 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 murderer is was his name alan oh yeah the uh, other the hitman for high that was like literally he totally was just going to do it and then he just like for whatever reason he bailed he's kind of getting a pass you got it it. yeah yeah he probably did it just so he could get put joe in prison and not go to prison himself (laughs) i mean I love how in that show they basically like incriminate themselves with everything they ever say. Like if they ever like reopen anything, like like that guy Jeff, did I basically set, set uh, Joe up to say certain yeah. things? Yeah, I did. It's like oh my yeah. god, like what? <laughs> Why would you say that? 
<laughs> I set him up. What's the big deal? It's like, oh, uh, I don't know. Isn't that a crime of some sort? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely not a cri- uh, blameless. He even says, I'm no angel. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're far from an angel. You're a piece of shit, dude. Like, you're far from an angel. Trust me. Like, you're terrible. But can we can we at least, I think everybody here, has everybody here but Ali seen it? Josh, have you seen it? No, I have not seen it. Uh, Gilly, you've seen it, all right. Yeah. I'll I mean, tell you why when I drop my... Is it on your Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it, but I'll tell you why when I say my big take. All right, well, I'll, I'll finish with this. I think the people who have seen it can at least agree on one thing. Carol, definitely better husband of those Tigers. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I love the comment that she had where she was like, if you wanted to feed someone to a Tiger, we, yeah. you would just pour sardine oil on them, <laughs> not, yeah. not cologne. And it was like, oh, okay. It's like, you were just oh. accused of feeding your husband, and suddenly Funny. you have a very great plan on how you would have done that. Um, yeah, that was funny. I listen to you guys pretty much every week, so I know I just took way too long on my opening take, so I'll pass oh, it. No dude, such don't thing. even worry about it. No, no such thing. <laughs> it sometimes it just blooms into a whole topic in itself. So That is true. That's that is the beauty true. of it. Exactly. So, Josh? Josh? So, yeah, the reason why I haven't done anything is because... I think that Animal Crossing is the greatest game I have ever even touched, seen. Um, my eyes are bleeding. I play, like, at least 10 hours on average a day. Are you playing right now? I am playing right now. Oh, my speak. I Dude, I just can't. I'm so addicted. And, you know, I said it last week. I had never played an Animal Crossing game, but when you guys explained it to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like that. And literally, I haven't been able to put it down. Like, I just got an ice hockey uniform, and it looks pretty sick. I, I didn't know this was your first one. Dude, oh yeah, I've never played. I've never played. This is amazing to me. I would I would play this every single day for the rest of my life if I could. And I probably will. It's been three days, Josh. You'll have the opportunity. I don't <laughs> care. I've, usually, you know, you get bored of a game or something, like, within, like, the first, like, couple days. Like, oh, there's, like all this hype and, and shit. You know what I mean? Oh my god, I might have just lost everything I just did, though. That <laughs> sucks. <laughs> you might get an instant chuck of the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> um, no, but I don't know. I I just, I, I love it, man. It is such a good game. What's just your favorite part? Right I think just the total, like customization like I, I i like games like i was telling you on the last podcast like sim city or like roller coaster tycoon i love games like that and just the total customization of like you can make it how you want it and you know you can travel to different places and get different things that are unique like as long as the game doesn't run out of stuff that you can get like it'll be awesome to me mm-hmm. tell you what there's always there's always something new it is a marathon not a sprint though because you can you can get burnt out if you go in too hard, and then all of a sudden everything feels the same, and it feels like you're just living a life in another game. Yeah, I thought about that though. Like, I went to go put it down and play the show. Like, I haven't touched. I literally have not touched my Xbox and PlayStation in the last two days. Now, usually that's the first thing I do when I come home. I usually just like sit in my chair, like chill out. Like, I play Xbox and PlayStation, whether it's Rocket League or Smite or the show. Like, I'm I'm a big show player, and I haven't touched it in two days. So, that's a big say. And I haven't played my Switch at all in, like, two months. Right. So, I don't know. I just love it, man. 
Some great game. I gotta say, I'm with you, Josh. This is my first foray into Animal Crossing too. I'm I'm all about it. I'm playing it right now. You know what's funny to me though? I don't think you guys would be not funny, but like ironic, weird. I guess I don't think you guys would be able to go back and play like the GameCube one or the DS one and enjoy it because this one is so much better than those ones, which is crazy. Because at the time, those ones were awesome. Sure. But yeah. you, if you go back and play like a, the one on the GameCube, the original, there's no mm-hmm. crafting, there's no traveling, there's uh, you know you don't build a museum or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just. Like you go to a town and you do like the normal shit you do, you know, you collect fossils and you, you know, keep upgrading your house and there's a little neighborhood and there's neighbors, but you don't craft any items. You just get them. You just buy them and have them. Um, It's been 15 years. I don't think they break at all. So you just get it and have it. So it's just the dynamic of what they've done with it has been awesome and I'm all for it. But at the same time, now I don't think I'll ever be able to go back and play another one because it just won't be as good. So as veterans of Animal Crossing, uh, Gilly and Oliver, you're saying that this is best one, potentially? I don't even, Definitely. Think, I don't even think it's close. Yeah. And I like I loved the GameCube one. I played the GameCube one for a long time. Yeah. I only did DS, but I loved yeah. it. Do you guys remember when... Um, they were hyping this game up, and they were saying how, um, like, Nook Miles was going to be a thing. And we're like, oh, no. Like, people were saying that. I didn't know anything about well, this game. I, don't, I remember when they they would tease it last year at some point, and it just didn't look like it was going to be, like, original Animal Crossing. It looked like they were taking a new spin on it and doing something else. And then when that Direct came out, like, in January or whatever, or February maybe it was... And they went into more detail on it and showed like, oh, yeah, you move into this island and then you can do this. And it showed all the regular stuff on top of the new stuff. That's when I was like, okay, this game is actually going to take off. Right. Because it looked like they were doing something completely new. Like they did with like, I don't know if you guys were Paper Mario fans. but like, Oh, yeah. Paper Mario 64 and Thousand Year Door on the GameCube were mm-hmm. unreal. And then mm-hmm. after that, they just went to shit because they tried like new mechanics and new shit. And it was just terrible. That's where the feeling I had with this Animal Crossing was at one point last year. But my faith got restored during their direct this year, and it has been backed up and then some since playing. All right, Jake, how are you feeling about it since this is your first Animal Crossing too? Oh, I I can't really offer a take on it quite yet. I just started playing it, so I mean, check back with me in a couple of weeks or a couple of days. Or a I'm couple also, hours. I'm also I'm also tweaking out in the background of this whole podcast. <laughs> I'm tweaking out. I, I press the save button, man. Like I'm already like looking at it on my lap. I'm also putting together some other stuff, and I have to. I'm currently in a replay of Pokemon Platinum, so I gotta I gotta get through that. Oh, let's go. Uh, Could you explain why you're in a replay of that? What was it? Because it's fucking incredible. No, no, no. Oh, I meant. Oh, there's more that. reasons. Yeah, uh, Ollie. Come on, Ollie. Take the lead. No, your role. It's a great game. Yeah, but is there any other reason why you're replaying it for any any potential content? Uh, yes, there is. I mean, would, uh, that's I mean that episode of the Elite Two is many many moons down the road. But uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, Steve and I, uh, Steve, my and Steve's Pokemon podcast. But uh, yeah, I got. I thankfully I have a little bit more time to replay it because we're doing Fire Red and Leaf Green this week. So I got I got some time to I play. I thought you did that last week. No, we did um, Gen uh, Three Ruby Sapphire and Emerald last week. Oh, okay. 
and then this week is fire red and leaf green and then the week after that will be diamond pearl platinum and then heart gold soul silver after that and then 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 the ones that no one including myself is looking forward to which is black and white which is like the worst of the generations by far gen 5 is the worst to me big take massive agree fuck fuck them Steve, you, you haven't played black and white. Exactly. You don't, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought bad I hate him. I won't, I won't play him. Although I am, in, I'm almost most excited for that one, just so I can I can run by like, all the all the stuff to you, and you're just like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that part. Oh yeah, so, yeah, that's my favorite one. That game had so it. many legendaries, didn't it? Uh, I know. Well, I know Je- uh, Ruby Sapphire and Emerald had ten legendaries. Well, the. Uh... They had all those cloud dudes, black Dude, and white. And oh, five had yeah, those like thunderous and lander. Yeah, that was mad weird. Although um, it did have some cool bug Pokemon. I think Gen Four. I think Giratina is one of the best legends ever. I love Giratina. That's why I like Platinum so much. And you go into that weird like dimension where you're like upside down and shit. And that's like the the, graphics In the game much better. Yeah, the graphics are some or like they knew they had better graphics than before, and they oh. they use it to their full advantage, but. Steve didn't get there. <laughs> yeah, I just missed that part. I just uh... well, if you didn't play platinum, you wouldn't... <laughs> yeah. You know, if you was... play diamond and pearl, you wouldn't see it either. No, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's uh it's not like um like this. Obviously, sword and shield is the first time they've done an expansion pass. They used to just do platinum and emerald in games where they add like ten percent more gameplay but charge you the same price. But emerald is still one of the best games I've ever played. So you know what, I have no regrets about that. I'm with you, dude. Also, I'm also a proud owner of both Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, so oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm you're a sheep. You're a big sucker, huh? You know what? I I still think, and we will get to it many, many moons down the road on the show, but moons. I still think get it? one of the worst things about the current Pokemon generation is they got rid of the National Pokedex. Yeah, that's I sh- garbage. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. They blew the game. No, they didn't <laughs> blow the game, dude. Sword and Shield is fantastic. Uh, too. We got some DLC on the way too. Oh, I can't wait for the DLC. They're gonna get like a gonna get new, gonna get legendary variants for the first time. Oh, I can't wait. Gonna that does bad. look cool. It looks oh, Zapdos. It's gonna be awesome. I can't. I can't wait for it. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's my current gameplay life. And if I ever get back to, I can't play 2K because it just makes me too sad. <laughs> just for you. No sport. And I can't play the show because I'm, as I've told Steve, uh, peep behind the curtain. I am terrible at the show. <laughs> yeah, I went. Wait, I went why from, can't you play two K? I what was it? Why can't you play two K? Makes you sad. He gets sad. The season's over. <laughs> like the season's suspended. Uh, over, whatever you want to say. I think it's over. Yeah, but now if you play online, you can play with anyone, and everyone's healthy. Yeah, see, Gilly, here's the peep behind the curtain for you. Uh, I'm not really good <laughs> at it, so I don't want to play online because I'll get smoked. By some twelve-year-old kid in his underoos, <laughs> and he'll be like, "He'll be like, yeah, dude, you suck." And, and then he'll like, go pee pee on the right. curtain. You're right. Tell you what, yeah, two K is like the the real haven of trash talk. You can get into it in two K. You're just playing randomly. You're not even like you're minding your own business. You call a timeout late, and all of a sudden, some kid's messaging you like, "You're trash. You're garbage." And you're like, "Whoa!" Like, bro, I bought, you're fourteen. Relax. I bought, man. Black Friday two weeks two weeks ago two years ago feels like two weeks ago I bought uh, the MLB the show with Ken Griffey on the cover mm-hmm. and it was the first time I've played the show since the one that Poppy was on the cover of in 06 so that's <gasps> the last time I played the show wow um, and I was playing and I went from beginner to rookie and it was like 
say you're on, say you're like playing in a ball field, just you and a pitcher, like beginner was like some 14 year old kid was thrown at me. And then when I went to rookie, it was like, they put Randy Johnson on the mound and it's like prime. And I, I, <laughs> I could not hit a single thing. I went from scoring like 18 runs a game because it's beginner, obviously to rookie where I'm like scratching a run across the plate every day. I just could, I couldn't figure it out. And I just got so mad about it. And I was like, look, I can either put the game down and play Spider-Man again for the fifth time, or I can huck my <laughs> controller at the TV. And I thankfully chose the former. Love Spider-Man. One of the best games I've ever played. Is that the PS4 one? Oh yeah. See, I debated on getting that, but I'm a big multiplayer guy like I, I almost didn't get animal crossing and pull the trigger because it's like a true player game I, but then they were like oh there's there's online oh okay i'll try it i mean look at steve throwing throwing big old parties on your island over here i know that was, was a serious a, island that was, that was legit a, that was that was on his island that was yeah. that was a banger it seemed like a fun party <laughs> All right, let's wrap up this uh, opening take section oh, of, yeah, the, yeah, of the right. podcast. I will go last here, and this uh, came up on my timeline earlier today, and I mentioned it, this Valeran game that is being made by Riot, this first-person shooter, getting all the hype in the world, and I say we're all in agreement on this, it sounded like, but fuck them for making it PC only. Fuck them. For em. real. Fuck mm. PC only fuck them, that's why. Fuck them. I can't I'm probably be able to play PC pretty soon, but who knows? Yeah, but then you'll just get shit on by people who've been playing PC for ten years. True. I will tell you, my biggest video game accomplishment in my entire life is I beat Grand Theft Auto Vice City on my iPad. No, biggest gaming accomplishment in my life, dude. It was the hardest. I don't know how I. I don't know, you guys played Vice City before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yep. obnoxious helicopter mission. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, I that must have been that. shitty. On a touch screen little little pad thing or whatever you want to That's ridiculous. I replayed it on my on the PS4 and I was getting so mad. And I even looked it up and Dave I think it was David Cross who voices that guy, whatever his name is, Zero. And he was like, Yeah, I don't know why they did that. That mission kind of sucks. I'm like, Yeah, it does. It's like the worst. (laughs) I read that I read they had to fix a patch on it because originally if you idled, it would still use your gas, which made it almost impossible. Oh my god! So they had a, they had a patch it so that if you idled, it didn't use your gas. And I, I it took me like fifty tries. Like I seriously, it was so. <laughs> but I finally got past it. Like the final mission's a cupcake compared to compared to that. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Were there cheat codes in this uh, on the iPad? Uh, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I got the tank, so yeah, there were definitely cheat codes. Okay. On the iPad. I don't know how, but there, I think there were cheat codes on the iPad. I mean, yeah, Up, down I, left, right. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I definitely, uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't do the, uh, the, the, you know, the right way beating Vice City on the PS4. I definitely used all the life cheat codes and shit. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. There, oh, yeah. There's no cheat code to get you through that helicopter mission. Trust me, I looked it up. <laughs> there's none. You're on your own. Whenever I think of cheat codes, I just think of NFL Blitz and making everybody's head huge. Yeah, that's right. Classic. For my NFL Blitz players out there. I loved NFL Blitz. I played, we did an NFL Blitz tournament back at the radio station at URI, and it got real heated. That must have been mad fun. It was real. Which one did you guys play? I had the Strahan one. It was, I forget which one it was. But Mine it was, was a it, black a black cartridge for the 64. 
it was a white cartridge, the 64. Or maybe, a, I forget what it was, but I played as the Jaguars, and I played what I called the spin and win offense. I would just take Mark Brunel and run him out of the backfield and spin away from every tackle and get like 50 yards every time. Oh, I just played, mm-hmm. I just used the bomb every single time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Mark Brunel had, has a noodle arm, so, you know, it's not going to really get you many the bombs. Even though he had Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't exactly a, a fruitful combination. I mean, I won. I looked. I got a, a thing on Time Hop the other day that I won. I won a game against my buddy. He was the Chargers. I was the Jaguars. I beat him one hundred one to ninety seven. That's an NFL blitz. <laughs> he must have scored a touchdown like every play. That's awesome, dude. Mark, and that was right around when Mark Brunell was crying about Tom Brady. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, he was. I just can't believe Tom Brady. I just didn't believe him. Just didn't believe Tom Brady. Well, yeah, what was that again? I remember him crying. But why? Why was he deflate gate? All right. I hate Mark Brunel. Dude sucks. Yeah, what a fucking jerk. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of Tom Brady, though, should we get into the uh, to today's topic? I'm cool with that. Yeah, want to just hop in? Yeah, just fucking hop right in. Just hop it. Wow. It's going to take a while. So we've been, yeah, yeah, probably will. We've been challenged by crossing state lines to do the top five most overrated Boston athletes, in our opinion. Of uh, of all time, so uh, <laughs> definitely a tough list. I think underrated is would be another good one to do, and I think it's an easier list to do because it's a lot of guys like you liked in the past, yeah. but overrated is like trying to find people that you don't like or not necessarily don't like, but like maybe you think they just they're just overrated, and it's hard to find that yeah. personally. So um, we're gonna go in the order of the people's faces on my screen so jake you're number five please wow. wow wow all right um well i'll this guy's not really my number five overall i think you should be higher but I, I threw a little curveball i know i did say athletes but i decided to put a coach on here let's go uh my number five is doc rivers <laughs> what <Whoa>. the fuck <laughs> why um, what <laughs> Killer's gonna stab somebody. Why? Um, Explain. Because I feel like as a coach, Doc Rivers has done nothing but underachieve with what he's been given. He won a title in Boston, and yeah, that's that's great. But oh yeah, you're glossing over that. There's a lot of coaches who have been able to win a title with a team. Look at how many titles Eric Spolstra has. For God's sake. Hey, I was an Eric Spolstra hater. That guy is a hell of a coach. Spolstra's awesome. He's all right. I've never been. What? Never been a huge on Spolstra. Spolstra's a top five doc. Easy. Spolstra should be sending sweet indulgences baskets to LeBron James the rest of his life. That's how he got. What the hell he's been doing with this team he's got now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Yeah. he's got. He have not bottomed out. It's. I mean, it's hard to say where they would get now with you know the season being over. But I mean, the Heat were prime for being routed in the first round or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Plus, Brosso's never been a Boston head coach. Um, I just felt like Doc Rivers in his tenure here, uh, you know, A, he got really uninterested towards the end of it. I mean, he pretty much even said as much. And B, they should have done more with what they had. Yeah, they won a title, but they should have won more titles. It's not him, is it? I mean... It's because they traded Perk. I mean, you can draw a line wherever you want in terms of... I mean, that, I, I, how many years people have said, well, is, that, is them coming in last place really an indictment of John Farrell? And I'm like, well, what do you think? At a certain point, it does become an indictment on the system and the coaching. And That's just shitty luck in the playoffs, though, with Garnett getting hurt. 
and then trading uh, Perkins and then that falling apart. But I think we've seen uh, in Doc Rivers' stints beyond Boston that, you know, maybe he's he's been given a lot of talent and he's not really done a whole lot with it. So, so that's an interesting question then. So is this within beyond the scope of Boston sports then? So we're encompassing no, like – No, no, I just think – I think my, my point is proven by his career post-Boston sports. But I'm just concentrating it to his time in Boston. Okay. I think people kind of just keep throwing parades for him for his time in Boston. Yeah, he won a title, but after that, they should have been done, done better and you know, he kind of let it get away. And I'm not sure he could really control them after that. It's just my opinion. But I, don't, I, I mean, I've never. That is the curveball of the night so, so would far. You say, would you say Doc Rivers is basically Gary Kubiak? Ooh, that's a good one. Among the coaches who have just kind of been, <laughs> I was going to say, carry to a title by their team. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I really have to think about who Doc Rivers is a good comparison for. Ah, I, I mean, for the longest time, I used to say the Clippers were the Capitals of the NBA, but then the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, so that comparison no longer applies. But Doc Rivers was a big part of that. If there's a uh, any correlation, you know, he was the Clippers coach for that long time, and they did jack shit. I'm sorry, they did blow a huge lead against the Rockets. Man, that they, team was so cool. Yeah, Lob City. Yeah, they had a good Griffin. I'll always love Blake Griffin. There's a big take. I, actually, they're one of my sneaky teams on 2K. They have like a throwback 2013-2014 Clippers team to play with, and it's loaded because it's just like a stack starting five. You have DJ, Blake Griffin. Um, who's a small forward? It might be Hato Turkaloo. Um, oh, obviously, funny. Chris Paul, JJ Redick, Danny Granger off the bench. Jamal Crawford, Darren Collison, like for a throwback team at 2K, usually you have like seven actual guys and then the rest are like fake scrubs. And, but this team is like genuinely deep. It's awesome. Yep. And uh, they lost in the second round. So congratulations to Doc Rivers and the Clippers. All right, Josh, who's your number five? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, awesome start. I'm going to go with Joe Thornton. Ooh, wow. That's a steamy hot take right there. Yeah, and you know the only reason why is basically is plus minus. His plus minus <laughs> was fucking terrible from '98 to 2001. It was minus for five years. Here's a big take: so, Joe Thorne's the only reason I cared about hockey for probably up until they won the Stanley Cup, and then I stopped caring. He was not. Yeah, I mean, I know he wasn't. Yeah, he, wasn't. he kept. He got my interest into the Bruins, and then. Sorry. Sergey Samsonov was my favorite player. So. Oh, uh, Sergey um, Samsonov. Yeah. Yeah, the sniper. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going with Joe Thornton. I I just think he was overrated in his time in Boston. Like, yeah, he was a dude, and like, he was always like that asshole on the ice, but. Um. Yeah, totally overrated stats-wise. I like it. Okay. Are you thinking of Sean Thornton? No, Joe Thornton. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Tim Horton? <laughs> Horton. Went, go look at yeah, his stats, I, Oliver. Tim Horton Donuts? Overrated, I agree. <laughs> are, you, are you thinking of Craig Bradlow? Are you thinking of Nomar? <laughs> Scott Sauerbeck? Don't be surprised if Nomar's on this list. No, I'm just <laughs> if somebody If somebody has Nomar on this list, they're about to be punched. I thought about it. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Couldn't, I, I don't couldn't, know more. couldn't couldn't pull a trigger. Couldn't do it. All right, Gilly. Especially because like that ruins my no more is better than Jeter argument. Well, it's because he is better than Jeter. 
Yeah, no. Exactly. That's why if I said he was overrated, that would ruin my argument. Right. That's fair. Well, I mean, Jeter is also overrated. There's that. Absolutely. Too. But Jeter we're talking sucks. Boston. Um, I have a few different directions I could go with this. I kind of have like just a, a list of five, and I'm just going to slot them in as I feel. Okay. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit to Jake sort of. Um, but this person doubles as both a player and a coach, and that is going to be Alex Cora. I good one, but whoa, he's a terrible manager. He is not a good manager. He doesn't know how to use a bullpen. I I just so unimpressed. He had a bad 2019. Yeah, yeah. It just proved that he just like it was all just momentum in 2018. Actually, I guess the Doc Rivers effect. <laughs> one might argue where it's just like, all right, you have a good roster, the team just carries you, and then beyond that, like I guess we we will see down the road if he goes back into managing. But uh, last year sucked. I I felt like so much of last year was on him in so I, many ways. I I mean, just from the beginning with spring training and not having guys ready to go, I think that it was kind of an indictment on joke. Yeah, it, he, he wasn't even the scapegoat. That was the mind blowing thing to me. It's like he should have taken or gotten so much more blame. The way he handled the media, I didn't agree with. The way he just made excuses for the players the entire season. But, it was just, that's not what you want from a defending champion Red Sox roster and leader. But don't you think he had a really, really good 2018 postseason? He got so lucky with the, the well, relief. If it works out, is it luck? I don't think no, so. It, it, that was luck. Come on. We have literal video, or video and <laughs> audio recording of how not invested we were in that Red Sox postseason uh, bullpen and we were so afraid and we yeah, just like rightfully so but what he did worked very well it did that's my point it's hard to argue yeah. Eov- even Eovaldi, a blind squirrel finds a nut I mean I wouldn't okay. say I mean, I mean like you gotta give credit where credit due is due I like mean, he had an awful 2018 right. I'm fully on board with that but what he did in 2018 postseason I thought you know it holds true and deserves credit and then how did he back it up with an abysmal 2019? Yeah, I, I agree. That's, I don't know. I agree. No, but I'm just saying like over a small sample size versus the large. I don't know. That's I, that's that's my take, Ollie. Deal with it. I, I am Cora, dealing with it, it. My, my response to it, as we can go back and forth on here, is that his 2018 postseason was very, very good. I mean, that's – I don't know what, what you want me to say. <laughs> we won All the World right. Series. Steve? We won the World Series. And with a terrible bullpen. All right, Steve, go. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Oliver just disagrees with me, so he's just, just going to talk over me during my own point. Okay. All right, Steve, go. Classic Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, the basis of our podcast is discontent. Um, okay, my <laughs> my big take, my number five here. Watch out, uh, Ollie could interrupt you at any moment. <laughs> he could just jump right in. <laughs> I got it. From, I I was I was laughing so hard last week, and Ollie just straight up walked off the podcast. That was the best. <laughs> that was every time he said when he came back. I was howling when he came back, and he was like, "You guys just let me know when you want to move on." Uh, we kept like, going too. We didn't, we didn't beat. <laughs> just, just ran with it. And the dad was trying to like break it up, and the dad was like, "You guys want to stop?" He thought we were going to crumble. No, no way. <laughs> when did I ever say I thought you were going to crumble? <laughs> you, you, we knew you did. That's just how that's just how it came off. What are you talking about? You didn't need to say it. All right. Sure. You know what, Ollie? Can you interrupt me? Steve, this is your moment. Okay. <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> one shiny moment. All right. My number five 
and I can't wait to get beat down on this, but I probably won't, is Rajon Rondo. Steve, I think Steve, that's my number three. All right, all right, all right cool. Sorry to steal it from you. That's all. Bye. Rondo, you know, I I loved him during his tenure uh, for almost the entire time until near the end where I thought he started fucking – like, this is me not knowing any stats, by the way. This is me just not – this is just Steve saying shit. I was getting sick of his attitude, and I don't know. I think that I think that the uh, 08 Celtics with Garnett, Pierce, all those guys, they, they carried him. That's my – I mean, obviously, but well, I think um, from a more player perspective, he was a an, obviously an elite passer at his prime. I mean, remember he had that that streak. I don't know what year it was in college, maybe sophomore year, freshman year, maybe when he had like however many games in a row with ten assists at least. Like it was ridiculous. But he uh, it he obviously had a ceiling when it came to how good he was, and he wasn't a shooter. He wasn't really a as dynamic a player as you'd be led to believe. He was a great player, but at the same time, he had his limit, and he was a fantastic passer when there weren't guys there to shoot it. I don't know if Rajon Rondo was taking over many games for you, so that's just that's where I stood on putting him on the list. I love Rondo. Again, one of the best passers I've ever seen, but beyond that, he did. I don't know how much he brought to the table. Oh, Thank you for putting it into words, because I don't know what to say. Yeah. Other than that, I, was, I, I guess I was we'll revisit him. it, but playoff Rondo, that means nothing to you? Prime time Rondo. I mean, I don't know, Gilly. Make that argument because we just brought up playoff Cora and it got shut down. What do you mean? Okay, Rondo. What was his stat line in that one game where it was like literally unreal? What was that against the one Heat? Game. No, but it would no, but it was like literally a better stat line than probably Pierce or Ray Allen have done, or even Garnett, realistically, in any playoff game. My best, the best college postseason moment of the 21st century is Glenn Davis hitting a buzzer beater and knocking over that kid in the Magic. Oh, oh yeah, best moment I've ever seen in my life. Glenn Davis rocks that kid. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, everybody. Just Google it or YouTube it, whatever. Big baby, I'm a big baby. Writer. Big baby was a man. <laughs> he was my. Like he's he's favorite. like a prime candidate to me too. Like I don't know, would that be? I yeah, I don't know if he was ever that great to be. Not that relevant. Yeah, okay. Like saying, like, yeah, yeah, was overrated. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, whatever. If this was an underrated list, I would say him just because I don't know basketball well enough, and I just loved him. Although Gilly, I can see where you're coming from because, like, I mean, I feel like he's remembered really well in Celtics history, but like he never really did all that much. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love Big Baby Davis, but like, oh yeah, like what did he really do for the Celtics? Did he get in trouble like with drugs or something or guns? I don't think I don't know if that was him. Not I sure. think he did. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up after I catch this fish right here. Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, I caught a sea butterfly. What are you gonna say about that? All right, hold on. People did. forget Rondo dropped 44 in a game against the Heat in the playoffs. That is unreal. Which year was that? Is that the year that 2012? So that was the year they lost. Yeah, they lost the Heat in that series. Yeah. Seven games though. That yeah. was like a play. Uh, was it yeah. game six? LeBron. Yeah, that was when he went. It was over. Psychotic on the Celtics. Oh, that's devastating. Former Celtics player Glenn Big Baby Davis avoids jail time in marijuana bust. All right, that's all it was. Wasn't it Chandler Jones that walked into the? Uh, was it Chandler Jones that walked into like the police station or whatever? That yeah, K two. Yeah, K two. K two. He had 44, 10, and eight. Wow. That's. Yeah, that is great, but 
I mean, you could you could look at single game performances from a lot of Celtics, and it would be pretty good. Yeah, how about back in 2011 when he dropped 15, 20 assists, and 11 rebounds? That's very good. It's very good. I won't lie. But when you're looking at the overall output, still saying he's overrated. I mean, he can't lead his uh, whole team. I, I understand that, but that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, his his ten years are remembered a little bit more fondly than maybe it should. But that's just yeah. uh, that's just me. Ali, have you gone yet? Nope. Here we go. I'm very excited. Uh, my number five is Babe Ruth. I don't think he would be good <laughs> at the same age. <laughs> what? That's all I got. Sorry. It's just so funny. I don't think it's going to translate to uh, present day for his time. He was very, very good. One of the best ever. But I don't think if you propped him in present day, he would be a good baseball player. That's all I got. What? <laughs> and he runs away from the take as fast as possible. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely not the first person to say that for sure. There's a lot of people on Twitter oh, yeah. who are like, who are like, yeah, like you put Babe Ruth in this, today's game, it's this, this, this. But I think, I mean, while I do, I, I mean, I love the take and I love the audacity of it, but I, mean, <laughs> I think you make that argument for a lot of guys. I've, I've heard that argument so many times for like Wilt Chamberlain and shit. I'm just like, I won't have it because I mean, they can't control where they were born. Like the guy, <laughs> the guy played when he played, and he was the best at what he was like this freak of nature at the time. Like, home runs weren't a big thing when Babe Ruth was playing. He was just mashing them. And it's because he was the size of a treehouse. But at the same time, I can definitely see what Ollie means in terms yeah, of what Yeah, and he, he was hitting home runs off fucking white math teachers that threw 88. Like, big deal. He I was mean, great at what he did at the I time mean, he played. I said that, but I don't think his game about translates to uh, today's day and age. Therefore, I think he's an overrated Stingers don't player. translate? I don't think they would, no. I mean, what? Cy Young did win it's, 500. I, I, that, that's it. There it is. <laughs> Otani. <laughs> Pitching and hitting. and Babe Ruth's whole thing. Okay. Babe Ruth. Uh, not small stakes, big takes approved. Not impressive. Not <laughs> impressive. Babe Ruth, the best player ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not the best player ever. That's, that's a sure. way bigger take yeah. than my take. Best player ever is, without a doubt, Willie Mo Pena, and I won't hear any other discussion about it. This is why you're in front of the podcast, right there. Let's Mo go. Pena. I remember when they wanted to rename Yawkey Way, I said on our one of our very first episodes that they should rename it Willie Mo Pena Way. Oh, my God, dude. Which would be an infinitely better name. I fully agree. Soaking in this take. That's the best, that's the best take I've heard all night. Wait, Babe, Shania Twain, Ruth, because he don't impress Ollie much. <laughs> I just don't think I don't think he would translate well to modern who's your, baseball. Who's like a who's your guy from that era then that you'd be like, oh man, big dizzy Dean guy? I don't know. Okay. I'm just curious. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Babe Ruth is the guy from that era. Yeah, there's not many other names. Like, would Lou Gehrig be good now? I don't know. I mean, Different. would Mickey Mantle be good? Yeah, yeah, probably. Is that Joe DiMaggio be good? Joe DiMaggio would not have a 56 game hit streak these days. They'd sit him or like take him out halfway through the game at yeah. some point. They'd be like, you know, we're going to rest Joe for the postseason. Especially the Yankees. Yeah. And uh, their injury history. I assume we're doing a snake draft here. Sure. Draft, uh, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, all right. So I'll just, I'll just run it right back. And my number four is based off one single play. And that would be Asante Samuel for dropping the interception. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That fuck. I loved him, too. Me, too. I was a huge Asante guy. 
So is my brother, because his you know, yeah. name's Samuel, but fuck, man. His last name's Asante also. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> then he immediately <laughs> left, right? Yeah, he went to Philly right after. I like that's the song. That's song even worse. <laughs> All right, you do that, and you don't even want to redeem yourself. Mean, if we're being real here, Asante Samuel, we're giving him all the flack, but uh, somebody should have been helping Ellis Hobbs. Wait, is it Ellis Hobbs? Yeah, it's Ellis yeah. Hobbs. Yeah, somebody should have been helping Ellis Hobbs in that play against Plasco Burris. He just got burned. That really, the whole Patriots second. Yeah, yeah but he was like trash his whole career, so. True. Had low expectations for that one. But Asante is like, it's right there. Like, you got to catch it. Just catch it. And it. You win the Super Bowl. And here's a. Not so honorable mention, but the Wes Welker job also haunts me, but he was way, way too good to have on an under on, on an overrated list, so I didn't put him on here. Yeah, I wouldn't uh right. Wes Welker's not on my overrated list, but he definitely makes my list of like I have underrated. a like, personal grudge against him. Because <laughs> A I mean, I know Tom Brady overthrew him and I'm still pissed he didn't make that catch. And then he goes to the Broncos and breaks a key to leaves whole sternum with his yeah. giant. That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was and, fucked. That was so bad. Even Belichick made a comment after, like about the game after. He's like, "Yeah, that was like, yeah, I didn't like that." It was like, peak Broncos Patriots rivalry. Yep. It was back when the Patriots still couldn't beat them in the postseason for that regular season game comeback. Oh, that was one of the that was awesome. One of the best. Of the best that. Ever seen. that was so cool. Steve, what do you got? Number four. Oh, number four. Oh, let's see here. Number four is. Mentioned before the podcast started, but and this is just how I feel. I never liked this guy. It's the way it is. I'm sorry. Jonathan Papelbon. Papelbon pissed me off. He was a pain in the ass. Uh, he took way too long in his windup. Uh, he had the fucking bug eyes. And it, you know what, dude? The, the defining moment of Papelbon to me was when uh, in the Bobby Valentine year, uh, and this, you know, whatever, you know, looking back, whatever. No, it wasn't Bobby Valentine. I'm sorry. It was the last Francona game ever. Papelbon blows the save against the Orioles. I wanted to fucking bring a chainsaw to Baltimore and do some damage. You know what I'm saying? I was sick of him. I, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I do with that chainsaw, but. Papelbon was an all-star four years in a row. Hate him. 06 to 09. 35, 37, 41, 38, 37 saves. Yeah, man, that .92 ERA is super overrated. He 35 was a- saves in 68 innings. Man, he was trash. I got I to give you a question for you once I... <laughs> Shut up, Ari. Oh, he just trashed big Babe Ruth and now he's... Yeah, he's like defending <laughs> Papelbon to the bone. What the fuck is wrong with I'm you? I'm a Papelbon guy. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Oh, absolutely electric entrance music, and I don't know. I just I I, I like him. Only thing good about Papa Bond was his dance. Sorry. I actually imitated his uh this thing that he would always do. You know what I, I mean? When he like came came set with his yeah, arms all fucking stupid. I don't know. I, I love doing that in wiffle ball. Got a trivia question for you guys. Yeah, Jonathan Papa Bond, two thousand six, finished second in Rookie of the Year voting for the AL. Do you know who won the AL Rookie of the Year in two thousand six? On Hell Barora. Yes, I do. On Hell Baroa? <laughs> no. I think I do. No, no I don't. Fuck, no. Pedroia was 07. No, give me a second. Third place that year was Francisco Liriano. 06. Was it... Cano? Verlander. No. It was Justin Verlander. Oh, yeah. Uh, Verlander was 05. All right. he, no, he's drafted in 05. He was on MVP 05. 
because he just got drafted. He was the number one pick, so I'm sure that's why they put him on there. Oh, okay. He had a fake name, though. Do you know what his name was in MVP05? Here's a here's some in-depth John knowledge. Dowd. John Dowd. No, that was fucking... Gary Bonds. Gary Bonds. You guys remember what... Uh, what Reggie Docker. That's you guys remember what Kevin Millar's name was? Yeah, it was Anthony Freeze. Damn it. That was... Damn, what a pull that was. Justin Verlo was playing the game? Yeah, it was, his name was Johnny Snare. I don't remember that one. Yeah. I didn't know that actually. John Dowd. John Dowd hit different. Do names. you know what uh, Hanley's name was? No. He was impossible to trade for if you didn't have him. His name was Matt Dirksen, shortstop. <laughs> all, all I remember was that every time you'd start a season, Esteban Loiza and Carlos Delgado <laughs> were both free agents. Yep. Shout out Esteban Loiza forever. The GOAT. Fun fact in 2006, Bronson Arroyo, the Cincinnati Reds, Actually got an NL MVP vote. <laughs> no shit. I don't know who gave it to him, but all right, got my, uh, Mike, you're up. <laughs> Interesting. I'll be quiet. Um, right. you know what? <laughs> you know what I'm gonna put here. I actually, you know what? No, I'll I'll play it safe for a second. Ooh. Um, Jeff Green. He. It, it pains me to say it because I wanted to be a believer in Jeff Green so bad. And he was like the the next thing, like it was him and Rondo that were supposed to take over after the big three era. So I was so invested, but he, he was just such a disappointment. And it was like he had flashes, um, but just skill wise, I think he was he's up there for me in terms of overrated. The hype was just unreal, and it just didn't he didn't live up to it, which is sad. I feel bad for him. I feel like he's a nice guy. He he's continued to I don't know exist in the NBA, but yeah, Jeff Green. Yeah, you know I agree with you, Gilly. That's a good one. Thanks, Ollie. You got any little comments there? Root. No, it's I not mean, Dave Root, I, That's for sure. I uh, <laughs> I was always kind of the same mindset. I always thought Jeff Green was going to be awesome, especially when he uh, was it him that hit that buzzer beater against the Cavs one year, like in the corner. I don't know. I, I might know, I might be tripping. I thought it was like Christmas. Or, I don't know, but I was always a Jeff Green guy. Yeah, I don't I'm know. If it, it might not fit because I don't know. Because I feel like no one's like, "Oh man, Jeff Green was awesome," so maybe it doesn't fit. But whatever. Josh, uh, I'm looking at a very minor window here, but yeah. I'm gonna go with Nate Robinson. What? Very, very overrated. Uh, <laughs> like 15, 15 minutes a game, and had all the hype in the land because of him and Big Baby. Um. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, that's when I was kind of like into watching the Celtics and shit. But I don't know. I just think it was a time where, like, I even have his T-shirt. I bought his fucking T-shirt. Wow. That guy's averaging 15 minutes a game. Like, you know, who cares? He's a nobody. <laughs> Nate okay, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm looking up how long his tenure was with the Celtics. Like thirty games, maybe. <laughs> oh, it, two, it says two years. Was it really two years? Yeah. Wow. It's at least one year, right? It says he played twenty six games for them in two thousand nine, and then fifty five in two thousand ten. But how how literally blown up was that dude? Now you're talking like overrated. Everybody knew that fucking guy in Boston. Here's a to go a little off topic, but actually no, I'll wait till the end to see if anybody else has that guy. Never mind. Well, that's like I, I I see what you're saying in terms of like 
I don't know. He's one of those guys that his hype precedes him because he brings so much else to like the the team as a whole. Almost not yeah. quite. Not obviously not like Tebow because he was more of a contributor than Tebow. But like that type right. of like, oh wow, this is going to be like a, a spectacle because he's around, sort of. Exactly. I mean, I was honestly like, I was thinking about Isaiah Thomas, but he was just so dominant. Like in the two years that he was in Boston, like I I couldn't put Isaiah Thomas. Like he was dominant. Like you look at his stats, it's the same time frame. And you know, if you compare Isaiah Thomas and Nate Robinson, it's like comparing Michael Jordan to like fucking Joe Blow who's on the bench, like Jimmy Barron or some shit. Whoa. Like it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> hey, you gotta... it's, it's like the worst comparison in the world. Like, but you look at them both; they're virtually the same player, you know. And, and the hype was there for both ends, and you know that's why I put Nate Robinson because the hype was so real. I went down the so Jimmy real. Barron rabbit hole the other day, actually. Jimmy Barron, man. explain yourself. What do you mean? <laughs> Just highlight videos of Jimmy Barron. It was awesome. True. Mm. That the Duke game. Yep, and he's got some crazy turkey games. I remember the game after that Duke game, they played like 10 minutes of footage on the Ryan Center uh, screen, just like replaying, like basically recapping the entire game. They got fucking robbed, dude. Up. Yeah, they should have won that. That that would have felt life-changing, and when in reality it really would not have changed much of anything. It's like when the, Evansville, the people forget Evansville beat Duke this year. It's like... You guys, True. Pouring out for Evansville, the Evansville. worst year to beat Duke. Yeah, they also were uh, didn't have a win in conference play, which is hilarious. You know how many teams Nate Robinson played for in his career? Eight. eight. That's correct. Exactly eight. Wow. Oh. <laughs> he played for the Knicks, the Bulls, the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Thunder, and the Pelicans. I don't remember the Pelicans. How about that? Neither do I, because he played for two games. Oh, okay. So you're him. All right, Jake, you're you're up. Oh boy! All right, let me get my list back up here. So luckily, uh, since we're snaking it, uh, Rondo was on my list, but uh, I already spoke my piece for Rajon Rondo. Um, this is kind of I I feel bad. It's low hanging fruit, but I I I put Jacoby Ellsbury on here. Ooh, um, he's a very easy guy to hate <laughs> because he just left the Red Sox, took the money, whatever. I can't blame him. Bloated contract with the Yankees, but I just. I always felt like he was just one of those guys on a really good team. And he had some moments, but I just never really felt he was that guy. He was never the heart of the Red Sox. You know that? Was, he was no, he was no Grady Sizemore. <laughs> it was because of the, his one should have uh, so close to what he came in second in the MVP that year. He should have won the MVP. That's what yeah. won. Yeah. I'll say. Definitely. And but ever since that, everybody had those expectations that they were going to get that every year. When in reality, he was a okay defender with a lot of speed. At the end of the day, and which does not age well. Nope. <laughs> as the Yankees found out. Yep. Yeah. Almost immediately, they Correct. found out that was such a bad contract. Immediately, like that was like one of those stupid things. You're like, what are you doing? You were it like, like oh man, knew. like really, Jacoby? Like you're leaving the Red Sox and you go to the Yankees, and then you say it was for like. Eight years and 150 million, or whatever it was, and you're like, uh, okay, have fun with that one. It was he like immediately yeah. sucked. It was like John Wall, like this, before they even before he even signed it, it was a bad deal. Exactly. Terrible. Yeah, it's my piece on Jacoby Ellsbury. Sucks. 
Get out of my face. I like that one. Josh, you almost is, back. List. Josh is back just in time for his, his turn. Oh, damn. Um, what am I? What is this? Number three? Number three. Number three. Um, who do I want to save or who do I want to leave out? That's kind of like where I'm at right now. I think I'm going to go move on here. <laughs> <laughs> what the that fuck? Is- no, Ali just Ali's eyes popped out of his head like in uh P- I think the kid who said Babe Ruth was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, Damn. I mean, the first couple of years were you know what, really, Yeah, you really know what? It's bad. not that take at all, to be honest. If you look at his numbers, you're like, oh. From ninety one to ninety four, <laughs> he was pretty bad. I mean well, ninety three was okay. Um but yeah, no, I mean, 95 to 98 was eh, eh, pretty good. Uh, won the MVP in 95. <laughs> pretty good. He yeah. did 300 or better for five straight years. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, first, the first half was not good. Yeah, but. Okay. In that era, though. Okay. He had middle 20, school... 23 years old, his rookie year. 70, 74 games, 700 OPS. Not great. Second year, 113 games, 726 OPS. Not great. After that, he had a over 900 OPS every year on the Red Sox. Yeah, before we cared about OPS. Okay, so yeah. what do you care about? Average? It went that from 297, like, 310, 30, 29 home runs, 26, 39, <laughs> 44, 35. Here's a way to frame it. If you were ranking know. the best Red Sox players of the 90s, how far down before you get move on? Jose um, Offerman, <laughs> John Valentin, John Valentin. Yeah, but those Red Sox teams were the absolute trash too. So it's actually hard to say if you put Mo Vaughn in an all-time list, he's not like top twenty. That's that, no way that, in hell. That wasn't my question. I said of the nineties. Of the nineties. Well, I mean, he played yeah, there his entire career. It, dude. The nineties. You know what I mean? The entire nineties. Mo Vaughn was play. absolutely a god because it was the nineties Red Sox. They all fucking sucked. Every single team was bad. Well, I mean that. I mean that's like saying I don't know. It's like why? Like yeah, everybody revered John Hanna, and the Patriots were terrible when he played for them. You're comparing Mo Vaughn to John Hanna. Well, I mean John Hanna is one of the best ever his position. I mean Mo Vaughn's ever. Not, ever. Mo Vaughn's not going to be a Hall of Famer. No, I guess not. He's not. It's too late. He's not. It, it, it's it's just not going to happen. He had 1,600 hits, like. It was just he mashed the fucking ball. He mashed it. Like, that's why all those stats are so high. Like, he he really like, didn't get hits all that much. Can I just say for a second? He had over that... 200 hits twice with the Red Sox. <laughs> Ollie, can you tell me who the, the all-time career leader in slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS plus percentage is? <laughs> nope. It's Babe Ruth. <laughs> so, like hey, I said, whatever. he's playing against math teachers. <laughs> Still, that throw 88. Didn't even know math in the fucking 1900s. Exactly. <laughs> he's going against, uh, you he know, addition 1400 OPS one year. <laughs> Not impressive. Don't, don't impress. Because it's from 100 years ago, and I don't think he would be nearly the same caliber of player today's day and age. That's my point. So you're the Hence best player overrated. ever. Don't impress me. 
I just I don't know why you guys just don't listen to the reasons why and count it off. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't think his all time leader. Okay, that, all right. I'm, no, I'm done. Ever. I'm done. Just can we just fucking move on already? Jesus Christ! <laughs> you motherfucker! You shit on Beirut's <laughs> Shut the fuck up and let's move on. Jesus. What a What's next? Welcome to the podcast, Jake. I think Gilly's next, right? <laughs> oh my god. just jamming his fist to his microphone right now. Yeah, what is going on? Whose mic is that? It's not mine. <laughs> it stopped, okay. Um, here you go. If you thought things weren't lively enough, here we go. Um, <laughs> next on my list, number three, I've got, and you know what? This is also a prediction of what I think will be to come that uh, it just won't, he won't age that well. Um, and that's Judy, Julian Edelman. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? He's no Wes uh, Welker. That's for uh, damn sure. Oh, oh, I wish Connor was here. Yeah, he's, he's got the catch. He's got the catch. He's got the woman. Wes Welker. Hey, uh, Gilly, just a quick quick, uh, quick note. Uh, how many Super Bowl MVPs? So he just dropped out. Where'd he go? He ran! Fucking <laughs> pussy. Gilly fucking... <laughs> <laughs> he came with the hardest counterpoint of all time, and he went. he ran away. Okay, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold on to that take then until he gets back because I do have a, a, a good question for him. Just wanna wanna want a quick answer from him when he gets back. You wanna go then, Steve? Sure. Yeah. And my number three, all time. You know, I'm gonna get. I know Jake's gonna knock me out for this one. Tim Thomas. Oh my god. Tim oh, Thomas. That's not that bad, actually. You wanna, you wanna talk about one incredible playoff run? Right. Tim yeah. Thomas and twenty. I. I I will never call him overrated for that one incredible playoff. But, they would not have but, Cup. They wouldn't have a Stanley Cup without. I I they agree. Wouldn't. I agree. But they wouldn't. The Celtics wouldn't have a championship without Doc Rivers. They might have a championship without Doc. They won't. They wouldn't. They might. They might. They might, they might have <laughs> that was a bad example. They might have a championship. <laughs> That's like saying, well, they wouldn't have had a championship without Ray Allen. It's like, yeah, they wouldn't have. You're right. But Tim Thomas t- stood on his head. Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas game, everything. Game seven against the Lightning was the best save I've ever seen in my life. Where he was like diving with a stick and just barely got it off the post is the best save I've ever seen in my life. But what did he do outside of that run? Yeah, other than winning them their first Stanley Cup since the 70s, I guess he did nothing. Okay, there you go. Overrated. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my blood is starting to boil. Where is Gilly? I, oh, I know. Gilly, I can't believe it. Gilly hates Edelman. I am. I am always terrible at arguing with Gilly. I was hoping. Yeah, everybody's be... terrible at arguing with him because he just laughs and says the same thing over and over again. <laughs> he's, no fucking points to it. He he, he usually comes him. though. He's he comes ready with with uh, the counterpoint sometimes. Okay, but then you counterpoint his point, and he just says his point again, completely disregarding what you say. Hold on, someone's calling me. Oh, Michael Gilligan is calling me. I'll have to. He's trying to get back in here. One second. This is this is real peak beyond the curtain stuff. Yeah, this is this is live. This is you know failures. Who's next? I am, and uh, this one's pretty simple. He just never did anything while he was here. The only good thing he did was bring in other players, and that's Al Horford. Just number three all time for you? Yeah, I mean, ever. Yup. Yeah. Honestly, I would argue about that if it was two years ago, but 
ever since he left for the Sixers, I'll, I'm, I'm on that bandwagon. Well, also, it was like when he signed here, it was a huge deal because it was the first time like the Celtics have signed a big-name free agent in God knows how long, like ever, basically. But then he just never lived up to max money, and everybody was always making excuses for him. And uh, he's just—he's just, he's just an okay basketball player. Look, I think I think he was a good player, but I think when I really bought into the over overrated take was when he signed with the Sixers, and everybody went, "Oh my God, that's going to bring the Sixers a championship." Al Horford is the missing piece for them. I'm like, Al Horford's your missing piece when you have, first of all. Ben Simmons is a topic for an entirely different other podcast, but when you have Joel Embiid and a really good young core, Al Horford is the missing piece? Clearly not, because maybe Al Horford was the chemistry problem all along, because he goes to the Sixers, blows up that team. He was with the Celtics last year. That team got blown up. Sixers also need a coach. I've I've said long, long, many, many days that uh, as long as Brett Brown is their head coach, that team will go nowhere. Nowhere. They're going nowhere with him. Weakest link by far is Wait, Gilly got removed from the fucking meeting? Huh? Did you see his text to us? I didn't do it. Someone has removed Someone you from has the removed meeting. Someone has removed you from the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost Julian of Beirut. Julian Edelman came and removed him. Julian Edelman just DDoSed him, bro. <laughs> oh my god. What the oh. hell? Well, the ghost of Beirut would kick Ali off. He wouldn't kick Gilly off. Uh, I'll just run it right back now. Number two, um, this was a toss-up between Rondo and this other person, but I'm just going to go with Antoine Walker because you look back, like Antoine Walker was like, wow, like Paul Pierce's right-hand man, and you look back at what he did, and he was just not very good. Well, uh, I I do think that in terms of, players who never won a title, people look back very fondly on Antoine Walker's tenure with the Celtics, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of bristled at it when it was first brought up off air, but I, I, can, I guess I can see where people think Antoine Walker was, was over. It doesn't mean I still don't love him, because he's was, still one of my favorite players, but hell, he sure, you know, he looks... He was a lot, by the way. They were still lovable losers at that point, so like any, you know, the, the guy that was, you know, fighting for him, and you know, it was always... Always seemed to be kind of the heart of the team, along with you know Paul Pierce, but right. he seemed to be one of those you know always fighting, gritty guys, making the impossible shots. But at the same time, I, I guess I could see what you mean in terms of him being a bit overrated in terms of his actual play. So, yeah, I'm just saying, Gilly's not getting away with this take. I don't know. Where, I, I will track his ass down. And... Oh, I know. I'm waiting for him here. What the hell? Come back, Gilly. I emailed him the link. Come on. The time... I want you to. To combat him with Edelman here, this is, this is like a... incredible. Well, he finished his sentence and went. Until he comes back, the show must go on. So, Steve, you're number two. Number two ever. That's what we're doing. <laughs> ever. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. All right, let's put a pause. Let's on go. That. Okay, pause on number right. two. Uh, once I see his face, I'll, I'll start. There he is. You can kick me. You can try to mute me. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got a quick question for you. What? Um, all right, just uh, just throwing it out there. How many Super Bowl MVPs does Wes Walker have? You know what? The answer is zero. That is how- correct. How many? Well, follow up. How many does Julian Edelman have? Um, zero. No, he has one. Did he actually win the one? Yep, he won. He did win that one. Did I thought Brady still got it. No, he had like 137 receiving yards. Wow! How many 10 touchdown seasons does he have? 
Uh, I don't know that those rings shine pretty brightly though. None. He's how never many, had more than seven. How many, how many times did uh did uh did uh, West Welker get up from a Cam Chancellor hit and just continue to play concussed? Why is that a knock against West Welker? I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel like I just feel like Poor Julian. Julian Edelman. laid it out on the field. He's what, he's the best receiver in Patriots history. That's my big take for you. West Welker. Edelman is probably the best Patriots receiver in history. No, Welker. No, he is not. No, what Edelman's body of work is so much less impressive than West Welker. It's unreal. Wow. He's one of the best, if not the best. Probably, I'm, I'm going to say second best postseason wide receiver statistically yeah. ever. And you know who's not? West Welker. I would take Edelman all day. I mean, I love them both. I'm not talking. I'm talking about overall. I'm not talking about just playoffs. So I mean, that's yeah, kind of changing the scope. But Edelman's one of the best route running receivers the Patriots have ever had. Okay. Yes. I mean, who's I, we'll see. We'll see what he does on his own. That's all I'm saying. I don't think he's that not... he's going to. Well, okay, what did so Wes Walker did... ever do on his own? Wes Walker went from Tom Brady to Peyton Manning. Tom Brady to, to Noodle Peyton Manning. Noodle arm. No. Oh, no. He had no. 50 touchdowns yes. that year. No, he did. Peyton Manning, had, that was the year he threw like 56 touchdowns. That was part of the decline. Uh, no. Still, either was, way, he was still you good. You can't say 50 touchdown Peyton was part of the decline. Peyton was a definition of falling off a cliff. I just yeah. don't understand why you guys hate on Wes Welker so much. He I don't like Edelman's better. Dude put up almost 1,600 yards in a season, and it's like, Edelman, what's the max he's ever put up? Not even 1,200? Has he put up 1,100? I, I would have to look. I don't even... How many How many touchdown passes has Wes Welker thrown in his career? Hold on. It doesn't can, matter. Can We're can talking about receivers. This? Imagine, hear me out, that you love both of them a lot. I do. I do love both okay. of them a lot, but Edelman's better. No, you don't like Welker. I like Walker. You don't respect think, him. I think he's overrated. Then you don't respect. You don't like him. Then I respect him. I, I can I can think someone's overrated and still respect them. Well, that, that means you don't like them. Then I can think Derek Jeter is really overrated, but I still respect his body of work. I don't. I think he's overrated. <laughs> he's terrible. <laughs> he's the worst defensive shortstop ever. I mean, I'm not going to argue on that take, but yeah, Ed, I, I mean, Edelman's my choice. Like it or lump it, that is my pick. I think he's overrated. I think that. It's going to be interesting this year. We'll we'll see what it looks like. Like I said before, I, I I mentioned that name. I think that we're going to learn a lot about what Edelman looks like without Tom Brady leading the uh, leading the way for checkdowns and his uh, his thirty six career touchdowns. I, I, is he going to get over forty? I don't know. Imagine. I, mean, that'd be I don't know. It's just weird that you think that as an argument when Wes Welker went from prime Pey- prime Brady to Tom to to Peyton Manning. Tom like, Payton. Like, what did Wes Welker do without Hall of Fame first ballot quarterback? I mean, what Welker did with Tom Brady was way better than what Edelman ever did with Brady. In regular seasons, but he never showed up when it mattered. I mean, can we also... I mean, we're talking about the whole body of work is like a regular season Yeah, thing. so I'm why are you discounting playoffs. Edelman's body of work in the playoffs? Because I'm talking about the regular season. I don't... Like, why can't we talk about the playoffs? You were talking about Rondo's playoffs, but you don't want to talk about Edelman's playoffs? Because it's totally different. Really. Rondo okay. playoff Whatever. Rondo thing. People, do you are you aware? No, no, you can't just dictate when the conversation ends because you don't feel like losing an argument. I'm not. I don't think I'm losing. Okay, I just don't I'm think gone. you're taking in anybody no, else's point. Playoff Rondo is a thing, dude. Playoff Rondo is a thing. And That's playoff like, element is a thing. He's the second best playoff wide receiver no, of all oh, time. My God. People don't say, "Oh, playoff Edelman." Here we go. Playoff Rondo, primetime Rondo. That is like literally like a, an NBA Twitter like 
a, a chasm of it where it's like people oh, are freaking NBA out. Twitter because, says it's true, so it, it must be well, true. Well, Rondo is a joke now. It used to be a thing, but it's a joke now. No, it's not. He it's still shows up for big games. Yes, he does. Well, define what what you mean by a big game. A prime time game, as I've been saying. I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, he shows I mean, up. Look at the numbers. He, it's, it's a real thing. Look at I Edelman's mean, posting numbers. Saying, let's also remember, uh, just just to be that guy. Um, Wes Welker, for a few of his best years with the Patriots, played alongside another guy who kind of opened up a lot of situations for him. Yeah, but Edelman's yeah, had Gronk his whole career, too. That's true, but he also played with Gronk, didn't he? Didn't Wes Welker also play with Gronk? Uh, yes, years. For what, one year? That Yeah, maybe that one year they went to the Super Bowl. Was Welker on that team? Yeah, he 11. was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course he was. Gronk was a rookie in what? Was it was that 11. It was so it was a couple of years he played Or 10-11, yeah, when they, uh, yeah, they lost... The Super Bowl in his rookie year. Okay. Yeah, so he put up 1,600 yards next to Gronk, and then Edelman came up and put up a max of 1,100. All right. Cool. I, mean, I think I think Edelman's been a far more consistent player for the Patriots. Consistent? Yeah. How? What are you talking about? He's I mean, the, the definition of inconsistency. How? how? Injury, injuries are part of it. Injury, which is out of you know what I mean. Yeah, that's uncontrollable. But at the same time, you oh. want to talk about consistency. He has had sporadic production. He's had three seasons of over a thousand yards receiving, each none of them back to back. Okay, well he also tore his ACL one year. What's consistent about that? He tore his ACL one year. He would have had a thousand yards. Was that twenty fifteen? No, no, that was the uh, Eagles. And by the way, that was a huge reason they lost to the Eagles, probably because he wasn't no, there. No, the big reason they lost to the Eagles is because Malcolm Hightower. Butler didn't play, and also Dante Hightower was out that year. Yep, but I don't know. I just I disagree wholeheartedly with Colin. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's still overrated to me. It's okay to be wrong every now and then. No, I mean, hey, if a guy can catch eight touchdowns next year, color me surprised. So if Jared Sidham can get him eight touchdowns, you'll be, anyone, you'll be okay with that? Anyone. It could be Randall Cunningham coming from the fucking heavens. Anyone. Anyone. I don't, I don't know. If Tom Brady can't do it, then can anyone? Probably not. Jameis Winston. Let's do it. Who's up right now? Jameis will not be a Patriot. Josh. No. Oh, it's me. I'm just going with number two. He's number two, yep. All right, number two. For your boy. Getting so much hate today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking baby. my opinion. I get kicked. And then I get. That's Oliver kicked you over the Babe Ruth comment. Bludgeoned. <laughs> Alright. The, the curse of the Bambino lives. <laughs> the curse of Bovon. Fucking OPS. All time. That's unreal. Okay, my number two of all time is the biggest piece of shit in baseball history, Johnny Damon. He was overrated, the worst arm. Uh, he was a traitor. He, that was the first taste of heartbreak I ever really felt, where I fucking put all my eggs in one basket, and I really thought he would never, uh, you know, hurt me, and he did. So fuck Johnny Johnny Damon. He's a fucking overrated piece of shit. Thank you. Yankee game. Johnny Damon had three thousand hits. Did you know that? I did not know that. He has more hits than Mo Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by fifteen hundred almost. That's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Johnny Damon had three thousand hits. Yeah, 
That's going to keep no, you up. He aged really well, to be honest. I appreciate what he did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think that's what you said, uh, Jake, about the, the hit in the ALC- ALCS there, the fucking bomb. Grand Slam. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That was, that yeah, was unbelievable. That. He did not have 3,000 hits. He <laughs> did. Okay. I thought he did. Check. Go. go I mean, he, check it. How many? He was pretty close. Twenty-seven sixty-nine. I was gonna say twenty-seven thirty-eight. God, that would have sounded. Damn, so I thought he did. I thought he did. I mean, Damn. he was pretty close. If you asked me after saying Mo Vaughn had sixteen hundred, wow. I would have said like a thousand hits for Johnny Damon. <laughs> Man, some some part of me just really thought Johnny Damon had three thousand hits. He was pretty close. Who's the next three thousand hit guy? Um, probably Trout. Are you asking? Can like, I have it yet? Nah, does he? No, I don't. No, Cano's Cano's at like twenty three. You won't get it. It's falling off hard he now. Just he actually, he seemed like a lock. Uh, the according to uh, oh, baseball, no, he's at twenty five seventy. Nick Markakis is my pick. The next, the next one's it's got to be Miggy. Yeah, right. He's at yeah twenty eight fifteen right now. Leap on Markakis. He is the the. Tortoise that just keeps coming. Uh, Nick Mark Nick Markake is, is a, almost 500 hits behind Miguel Cabrera though, <laughs> so I think it'll be Mickey next. Is Mickey? How many more years is Mickey actually going to play though? Enough to get 185 more hits. Okay, so maybe two more years. You can pull it out. Cano is Cano is 2570. Well, I thought it was 23. Well, close. I mean, is still producing. That's the thing that's crazy though. Who's batting like almost three hundred? Arcakis is still producing, just like Julian Edelman. <laughs> you, you just compared Nick Marcakis and Julian Edelman, then no, I just won the argument. Then I won the <laughs> argument. It's over. You know who's not in the NFL? Because <laughs> Wes Welker is one is ten times the player that Nick Marcakis is, and that's all I needed to know. Oh, that's right. Ian Kinsler retired one hit short of two thousand. I forgot about that. Ian Kinsler looks like Bartolo Colon in this picture. I gotta see. Who does? Ian Kinsler. He retired. Ian Kinsler, almost the the goat in the bad way for the Red Sox in 2018. Still don't forgive him. True. Oh no, I still don't forgive him. He's on, I have a Red Sox championship shirt my mom got me, and for some reason Ian Kinsler's mug is on that face, on on that shirt. Don't get it. All right, Gilly, your number two is up. Um, my number two, since my number three went so well, <laughs> I am going to <laughs> just rip the Band-Aid off Eight and old. say Jason Veritek. You look at his oh numbers. I mean, Uh-oh. come on. Oh, he did. This cats. He's the captain. He's a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we, we talk about him as if he was, like, this uh, – paradigm shifting catcher yes he was a good catcher and he hit a pretty he had probably a too long of a career in all honesty he, he got paid way too much money that's another part of it where it's like he got a fat contract um I w- he got like what 40 or 50 million at a time when that was like unheard of especially for a catcher and he made out like a bandit um i appreciate him for what he did but overall his whole body of work i just he's not a guy that should have played until he was almost 40 in my opinion. And that's why he's overrated. Wow. All right. Well, I don't, I don't even know. 
Don't hate it. I mean, what, what's I'm just, gonna, I'm just not gonna talk. Wait, oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you can you name? I don't want to even give him material for this fucking podcast. Can anyone name the year? Like what? What's his best year? Okay, hold on. I think I think he was like I think he was like thirty or twenty nine. He had like twenty six home runs and he hit like two ninety. Two thousand nine, maybe. All right, I got it for you. I'll leave that. Two thousand three. Two nine. He hit two oh nine. I have 0-4 as his best year. He hit two ninety six. No way. His slugging was higher in two thousand three. But he had a uh, 296, 390, 482 slash line. Just like, just like dating myself. I, I'm like off oh, by seven years out of pop here. I'm sorry. I, was, I, was, I got my lines wrong. 2003, he did have 25 home runs and 85 RBIs, both of which were a career high. So. OBP of 351. Scott Hatterberg would not be impressed. 31 doubles that year. That is. Yep, 39 doubles in 1999. Wow. That is, that is impressive. That's very he, he just fell off so hard after like 05 ish. All star in 2008. I forgot about that. It's a must have been a pity all star. 36 year old Veritech batting 220 on the air. Oh. He, must have got, he must have gotten hurt or something. No, he batted 131 games. Damn. Maybe it was a weak year for catchers. True. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, too. In that was the year Pedroia won the MVP. So. Or are you going to come out with Pedroia next? My God. Um, Are you saying that Pedroia didn't deserve that MVP? Is that what you're... Didn't I already say... Did I not say Pedroia already? I didn't hear that. Oh, boy. I didn't say Pedroia, did I? <laughs> Big hints. Wow. Josh, you're number two. Um, I mean, I think I'm getting lost in the in the hype, I guess, of these. Because this is only like a three-year window as well. But I'm going to say Corey Dillon. Okay. And that was a three-year window where his first year was great. They won the Super Bowl against Philly. But then the next two years were kind of garbage. Not that great. I don't hate that. I mean, the I touchdown, like that, actually. The that. touchdowns were there. And, you know, but yards per carry, like 3.5, like, okay. I don't know. It's not great. Uh, 733 yards in 2005, like, after the – well, the Super Bowl year, he was great. He had 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, like – Pretty good. It was, it was pretty pretty good, but just fell off like a shit wagon. And he was only 31, 32 when he retired. So, like, I don't know. It just He fell off a lot after that first year. Almost 1,000 yards. So, you know, yeah, no I think argument. the hype was there for Corey Dillon. Shouldn't have been. All right. Jake, you number two. My two and my one, right? Two and one. Here we go. So two. Uh, I okay. I, I forgot. Now I'm losing my order. I thought I already said did I not say Pedroia. Nope. I don't think so. Okay, now I'm just losing track. All right, I'm just gonna go with my two and my one. Um, so my two is in fact up to Pedroia. Let's go. Why? Um, because I feel like. Uh, the back half of the year has just – he's one of these guys who will be remembered more so for that rah-rah leadership thing. Yeah, he won an MVP, but it really wasn't that strong of a year that he won the MVP. He still has one, I suppose. But I don't know, just never – I mean, I look back at his numbers, and I've never been all that crazy about him. And he, I will I will say it's hard to ignore my bias here because – and I, I we kind of talked about it a little bit off-air before uh, you and Josh joined in, Gilly, but – 
Pedroia just fucking lost me with the Machado shit, honestly. He really did. I, I, it's the, the whole, it, it wasn't me, it was them bullshit. I just, I hated that so much, and it put such a sour taste in my mouth. And it just made me look back on his career a little bit differently, and like, well, it's it, it's always been, maybe like those past five years before that comment, like, it was kind of like faux rah-rah bullshit, and then he was also part of the whole, like, clapping thing on the planes. Like, has he ever been a really good leader? Like, has he ever been that linchpin on a good team? I don't know. I still don't know if he ever has been. So you might think it's crazy, but I think Pedro is kind of overrated in the grand scheme. He's the definition of grit in everything that Boston is in terms of the Boston athlete to me. <laughs> That's crazy. It is Jake versus the year, back-to-back MVP. Like, that's just crazy. Career 300 hitter. Say back-to-back MVP. Well, no, as in he was rookie of the year and then MVP back-to-back years. That's impressive to me. Right. That was also 12 years ago. Well, I mean, we're talking about his whole body of work. We're not saying yeah. the poor guys had injuries that oh, derailed totally. his career. Oh, Julian Edelman had injuries, though, and you held <laughs> on for that. What are you talking about? Because you're still talking about Julian Edelman as if he's the best receiver in history. Oh, my God. Not. The not. guy can't catch – he can't do 1,200 yards with Tom Brady at the helm into the peak oh, of his career. Up, he's a six up for his teammates. Edelman? Yeah. Can you name one example? that he? His, like, entire career? That's not an example. Uh, like, when the Patriots were, you know, down all these times and he's saying, you know, don't don't lose it, you know, like all that shit. Like, he's a rah-rah, like, actually a rah-rah guy as opposed to Pedroia who, when his back's up against the wall, he just becomes a little bitch. I so, like, missing Pedroia, out on the example. Oh, okay. Pedroia's my number one, by the way, too. Yeah, See, I know, I'm, but, like, I don't... Why do you I hate don't Pedroia? get how it the Manny no Machado sense. thing actually bothers people. That blows my mind, how that but actually sticks in people's heads to me. I can't. I can't. Oh, do you want me to get to my number one yet? Or you well, want to stop? no, because like dive in. Yeah, why do you care about the Machado thing so much? Why does yeah. it bother you so so much? Like, you, for, oh, yeah. like, just real quick is like, you know, he when he when he says it's not me, it's them or whatever he said, he was ble- like directly calling out John Farrell, not his teammates, right? And every all of his teammates did not like John Farrell. That's fine, but you okay. still. Just, you can't do that. Why not? What do you mean? <laughs> if they, if they are directly blaming Pedroia for it, why can't he say, it's not me, it's the coach. He's calling for it. Don't blame me. Them. He could have said, it's not me, it's the coach. He it's said them. them. So what's the, what are we supposed to assume when he says them? Everybody else. And then so, later, it, and later it came out that he was referring to John Farrell. Well, it did not come across that way. Okay, but that's what it was. Like that, that's a fact. All right. So, what's the explanation for him clapping on the plane? So, I have never heard that story in my life. But did you know we didn't go to Johnny Pesky's funeral? Yeah, because his wife was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that, favorite anti-Pedroia thing. That's what, that was Jake's next point. Actually, it wasn't. I just thought that's what brings up every time. He's like, and he didn't even go to Johnny Pesky's funeral that he was invited he, to. Oh my god! It's like it's evident that his wife was like eight or nine months pregnant at the time that's just that is the most anti-pedroia thing to say ever clapping on the plane thing i've never heard this that was the eckersley thing he was one of the one of the leaders of that with price price yeah what was he clapping for that was the the every time they land like an asshole yeah every time they land (laughs) he claps like everybody else (laughs) that was the uh when they were clapping for eckersley and price was doing his his old shtick and joy was one of the main guys clapping 
like a like a moron. Should have been one of the leaders putting that stuff to bed. He doesn't do it. But you know, he was also around for chicken and beer. He was around for the eleven collapse. And did he ever do anything about that? Leader. You're putting that whole thing on him? No, but I'm just saying, if he's supposed to be this grit leader and, you know, the heart of the team. I mean, he's, what, 27, 28 at the chicken and beer time, right? Supposed to take on the whole rotation? Not like he's a kid. He's got some cachet, rookie of the year. I'm just saying, like, leaders don't really come across until they hit that. You know, they've been on the team for seven, eight years. Like, Veritek wasn't the leader until he was in his early 30s. Yeah, one second that that MVP was weak, and now all of a sudden he's got some cachet from it. So I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, even if it's a weak MVP, you still have cachet from it. Apparently not. I mean, you do. He's, he was on that <laughs> chicken and beer app, and it was five or six years, especially with Bobby Valentine that year in 2012. That was like his fifth or sixth year on the team. I feel like he's a pretty well-known commodity at that point. He should take the lead on some of that stuff. I mean, I'm just saying, he's always been regarded as this supreme leader of the Red Sox, you know, the heart of the team. And when they're back yeah, against I think that's team, different to me, though. That's like, when heart of the team is like the grit guy, the guy who leads by example by just laying it all out and putting his body on the line. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be like the, the vocal leader, per se. Like, that's that's just a totally different role, in my opinion. Troy always seemed to have wanted to take that mantle up when the Red Sox were struggling. He was the one they would always go to in the media, and he would be like, you know, like, like this, 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 and this, and you would never, he would just, he would never sound like he knew what, it, like he had it together as a leader. I think by default, I don't think that was him asking for it. Why by default? Because he was like the next man up. It was like Ortiz, Poppy was the thing, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, who's the who's the next big rising star, sort of? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't see Dustin Pedroia rallying the troops in 2013. That was something Ortiz. Did. Well, but what, what, what about his? That would be dumb if he tried to, because Ortiz was the perfect guy for it. Yeah, he was. That's knowing your role. I don't know. I don't. And then sailed it last year. And you know, speaking of roles, what about his what about his role on the team when he's been hurt the past couple of years? Like, does he not show leadership by mentoring young guys like Devers and Chavis and teaching these guys how to play positions? Like, doesn't think of how much how frustrating a guy who wants to play that bad, but yet he's still there contributing how he can. Yeah, I, I think you should hang it up. If you're asking me. Me that, too. That's not what I asked. I asked, I asked how do you look at his leadership role the past couple of years when he hasn't been able to play, but he's still contributing to the team by helping out guys like Rafael Devers, who struggles in the field, Michael Chavis, who's new to the position, helping these guys out in the field day in and day out. Maybe he taught Eduardo Rodriguez. sound like a bad leader? Even more of a reason to hang up the playing time. Why? You're avoiding the question, young Jacob. Would you do that? Would you leave all that money on the table if you're Dustin Pedroia? Would you retire? No, but just never. He's never. He's never going to play again. It's not going to happen. And sure, he's. I mean, he's done well with these guys, but okay. So he's a leader. That doesn't doesn't mean he's not an overrated player. He doesn't need to be the flashy leader that gets all the credit in the media. Well, he never was. That's a good thing. Because he's doing it subtly and leading by example. Yeah, but when he was a player and he was at his peak, he was not that guy. Never was that guy. He was never he the guy. He did need to be. Ortiz was that I'm guy sorry. when he was at his peak. Yeah, what do you mean? They sorry. overlapped so much. Feel free to disagree, but the moment that will stick for me in the back half of Pedroia's career is him pulling that bullshit in Baltimore. And it's just how it's going to be. I could not care less take, about Jake. that. I'm sorry. This is where I we part ways. I guess I think. I'm with Jake. I hate him. Thank you. Is it because of the Machado thing? I mean, it's a big uh, part of it. 
one of the reasons I hate him. Obviously, he didn't go to Pepsi's funeral. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> number one for me. I'm kidding. Um, God, yeah, far and away, number one. Uh, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. That, 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 that. Laser show would die for this team. He's just... Get the hell out of here. I, I don't. Pedroia's retire should be. Pedroia's number should be retired. It should be. I agree. And it will be. Now, that is a case. I, I kind of believe it should be because Wade Boggs retired, and there's no way Wade Boggs should be retired if Pedroia's not. But as much as I don't like Pedroia, Wade Boggs is. Re- you know, I should have put Wade Boggs on my list. Fuck him. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I should have put Jim Rice on mine, that fucking dick. <laughs> Good Jim Rice. That is, he just uh, during that time he was just mashing the ball, but for sure. Yeah, it's because math teachers are throwing to him. Yeah. By that time it was social studies. <laughs> yeah. By that time they graduated college professors. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to know what number one is? Yes. Uh, no, you, guys, you guys might react worse to this one than the first one. Oh, yeah. uh, Nothing will be worse than Edelman. If you say Edelman, I'll, I'll die. It's uh, <laughs> It's, uh, well, it's in the vein of uh, of the Antoine Walker pick because it's a guy who was around for a bunch of lovable losers, had some great seasons, but his, don't say it. His mo- don't say it. Don't, yeah, yeah say. if it's who I think it is, don't, I, I don't it. even want to hear it. Say it, Jake. Who is it? Come on, tell me who you think Ricky it is. Davis. No, Ricky. I no, I I, I came for Ricky Davis my entire life. I love Sebastian Telfair. Shut up, Steve. Come on, Josh. Who do you think it is? Paul Pierce. No. Okay, I thought that's where you're going too. Yeah. Me too. I was worried. No, I have monuments of Paul Pierce in my house. Thank uh, God. Mark Blount. Uh, no, my number one is Drew Bledsoe. Oh, oh that's mine too. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. Damn it. All the best right. thing Drew Bledsoe ever did was bust a rib. It's true. Right. It's claim to fame. Exactly. Oh, he kind of put the Patriots back oh, yeah. on the map with Parcells yeah, yeah. there. Uh, I'm very happy he is okay after that injury because that was a serious injury. But at the same time, Mo Lewis should probably have a statue outside for let's see. And yes, <laughs> but so but like that's the same thing about like Antoine Walker and like early Paul Pierce. Like yeah, they put him back on the map, but what did they do with that being on the map? They lost. They got smoked by the Packers, and that was really it. Yep, I know, right? Like, so I'll piggyback a little bit. Like Drew Bledsoe, like if you look at how the game was played the last like twenty five years, Drew Bledsoe had some pretty good stats passing wise. But then you look at his interceptions; he threw more interceptions than touchdowns almost every single year. Every single year. Dude, besides, like, one, even the year that he had 4,500 yards and 25 touchdowns, he still threw 27 interceptions. Like, it, he I called just, so Eli Manning could walk. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah. on top of that, he put together five straight years after that of more touchdowns and interceptions. Yeah, he had kind of a career. A sort of a renaissance there. What was it, Dallas? Oliver? No, it was actually three, Oliver. I'm looking at 96, yep, 97, 97, 98, 98, and then 99 oh, no, was 99, 19, he missed it. Yep, 99 he missed it. But in 2000, he got, he got it. Yeah, but it's not like it's a huge mark either. Like, he always had double-digit picks. Not good. Yeah, I don't. I just I don't know. 
I, I, I like Drew Bledsoe, and I think, you know, his his moment that you come back with is, yeah, he had that, was it the championship game that the first year he came back and he played and mm-hmm. he played pretty well for them and kind of carried them into that Super Bowl. And then Belichick had like a decision to make, which is like the most obvious decision of your life. Yeah, you're playing Tom Brady. And he kind of obviously had a, a really bad beat in the uh, the whole Wally Pip, Lou Gehrig vein. But at the same time, it's just, it just showed was like, I think people just remember Drew Bledsoe a little bit more fondly than he should be remembered. I mean, Josh brought up the stats right there. You know, stats, the, the stats don't lie. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not everything, but. But he did get you to a Super Bowl for the first time in how long? Like, I personally and, don't remember anything about Drew Bledsoe. I was not. He's my first jersey. I was. First football jersey. I was seven years old, seven or eight years old when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl. So I don't remember really. I barely remember that. I don't, certainly don't remember anything prior to that. What the hell? When was your first memory? Dude, the only reason I remember the Patriots winning the Super Bowl is because I was in the hospital and I told my dad to turn the TV off during the Super Bowl. It's the only reason I remember that one. Wow. Why the fuck were you in the hospital? Side sepsis. Jesus Christ. In my eye. Oh, TMI. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for telling me. Wow, that's your first football football memory, huh? Yeah, it's really it. It was like the beginning of the game, even in the the TV was just too loud. I was your boy was trying to sleep because I was sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. And Did my dad. Da- no, he just muted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like looking like even at the time I was kind of just like yeah whatever I just want to sleep. But looking back on it, I would have been mad if he ended up turning it off. Um, I'm trying to find Drew Bledsoe in the night in Super Bowl 31 against the Packers. His stat line was 25 of 48 for 253 yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. <laughs> With a rating of 46.6. Didn't he have an absolute cannon though? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he threw uh, the leading receiver in that game for the Patriots was Ben Coates. He had 67 yards on six catches and, and a touchdown. Couldn't he throw the ball like 80 yards? Country mile. Yeah. yeah, he had a good he had a good arm. But I think that's what happened. people. I think you know I mean, when I when I hear people talk about Drew Bledsoe, that's what made them fall in love with Drew Bledsoe. Is man, could he just chuck it? Like that's why Josh mm-hmm. loves. I mean, Steve is a big Josh Allen guy. Oh, yeah. more reasons than that. I mean, if you want this podcast to go three hours, I can tell you all about Josh Allen. But we don't oh, know. this is why. I, this is oh my god, Jake Morocco is the man. All right, let's keep this going. I got to go to bed soon. So who's up next? Uh, Josh I mean, I, had Drew Bledsoe, right? Yeah, I had Drew Bledsoe. Right, kind of the only thing I have there. to say with that is uh, Terry Glenn. Yeah, R.I.P. That's why. That's why they. Yeah, rip. Seriously, that's right. Damn. That's why they were so like high on Drew Bledsoe. Fucking Terry Glenn half the time. Rest in peace. That's so sad. R.I.P. Will Smith too, by the way, former Patriot. That one. He played for the Patriots. Did he play? Yeah. Uh, I think I don't think he played like any meaningful games, but he did sign with them. Before the end of his career, Steve up next or Gilly? Uh, I am, but mine has already been said no, by my boy Mike. What? Mike's up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I assumed I got booted again. It over here. <laughs> I assumed I got booted again. Now I'm working right now. Um, my number one. 
is Antoine Walker. He was just good, not even good stats on a bad team for so long. The East was so bad during his best years. It's like the fact that he was shooting like eight threes a game is absurd. Like that's just that's literally like Steph Curry shit. And and he the dude shot literally like under what was it? Yeah, three. Yeah, thirty two percent for his career. That's insane. That's just he was already not, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had him on there. Yeah, I didn't dispute that. I think he, that was when he got booted off Gilly. I didn't disagree with that. That's fine. Yeah, he's fun. I mean, he's fun. He was one of my favorite players at the time. But looking back, it's like that is just the definition of just I don't even know. Just abysmal to to look back on, especially in the today's day and age of like actual player efficiency mattering. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that one. Although his comeback was awesome, though that when they traded for him, yeah, um, and he wore eighty eight. That That's was right. That was he wore eighty eight. Forgot about that. Yeah. And Steve, you had Dustin Breuer. We already know that. We don't yes, go sir. down that rabbit hole again, <laughs> unless you have anything you want to add on. Uh, just that uh, he really blew it with the, with the funeral thing. He should have been. <laughs> do you care about the Machado thing? Because I, I feel like I never hear. Oh, uh, I do. I, I mean, not it's not like the main contributing factor. I never liked Pedroia as it was, and I don't know. It's just one of one of the reasons. Like, uh, but I, I don't fucking. I just didn't. I still like him. It's because Shane likes him so much. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not an anti-Shane take. It's just. I don't know. Pedroia just kind of weirds me out. I don't know. I don't know what it is with him. I just bad vibes. Just hate passionate that? Boston sports athletes. I guess. Who's just one? Who's a grittier, um, like Boston sports athlete? Edelman probably. <laughs> Marcus. Yeah. Edelman's up there. Who's el- who else is in the the Marcus Mount Rushmore Smart. of grittiness? Oh, Marcus Smart. That's yeah. a good one. Yes, definitely. So then we need we need a Bruin. We need to complete it. Sean Thornton. It's got to be Sean Thornton. Lucic. No, I think it's Sean Thornton. I mean, oh, or Marshawn. How about Nathan Horton? Give me a little Nathan Horton. I do like Lucic or uh, Boychuk. Big Boychuk guy. Ooh, Boychuk was good. Johnny Rocket. Love Johnny yeah. Boychuk. I was so mad when they traded him. For fucking bucket of pucks? Yeah. What was that about? I like. I, I don't they couldn't want, sign I mean, him. So they two words. Peter Shirelli. That was what it was about. That too. Um, and I'll wrap it up. My number one has also been said. Move on. Uh, <laughs> no, Jason Veritek. Uh, and it's fuck? not to say that I don't like him because oh I God. still like him and I wouldn't Number change a thing, ever? but I do think we overrate Jason Veritek's tenure here. Yeah. He's a career 250 hitter. I think he had a wet noodle for an arm. I always, one thing I do remember about him is like he, especially, especially at the end of his career, but, you know, that's going to be one thing that definitely goes is you could steal on Jason Veritek is like there wasn't even a catcher. It was so easy at the end. At the end? Yeah. He was never the end like... lasted forever, though. Huh? The end felt like forever. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it was so many years. Yeah, it was, it was like, years. Uh, one more year of Veritek, I guess. It's like, all right, he's he's the captain. That's how a lot of people feel about Pedroia right now, too, though. So, like, I can kind of get both sides. Deal, though. That's the difference there, though. He's not you guys, playing. You guys might remember this because you do fantasy baseball and you're more kind of in tune with baseball. What was it? Was Toronto? What was the team last year that like everybody ran on? There was like a team that like they just could not throw anybody out. And they like the Red Sox just kept running. Toronto because Danny Jansen's pretty oh, good. Or the A's. 
I forget who it was, but it was a team that like the Red Sox were just steal like and the Red Sox weren't exactly they steal the Yankees a lot actually. Still on the actually the Mets the Mets get stolen on a lot because Ramos doesn't throw the ball well and uh, Syndergaard has like the slowest windup ever. Mm-hmm. Well, Syndergaard, I won't see that windup again for a couple of years. I know, so I know. Too bad. Well, that was a long, eventful. Holy fuck! It's almost it's past ten o'clock. What time did we start? Uh, like one hour forty-seven minutes ago. Oh my god! So, like listeners, for some reason, if you've made it this far during our quarantine time, all the power to you. <laughs> to get bored, it must be at an all-time high. Oh my lord, 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 lord! Get a psycho- psychological test immediately. Yeah, you need help. What I'm talking the to fuck you, Jake? Wrong with here. You? you need help, brother. Steve Champlin, what's up, buddy? <laughs> um. Do we have any closing takes, remarks? Uh, Emperor butterflies are the number one bell producer of my Animal Crossing currency. That's a good point. If you're out there with a Nintendo Switch online and want to have Animal Crossing parties, we're fucking throwing raves up there every night. Hell yeah, brother. Different island every night. So let us know. Add us on Switch. We'll send out friends codes if you reach out to us for whatever reason. Throw it down. Yep, go I'm ahead. starting a Discord. Starting a Discord. For Good Animal idea. Crossing. Yep, I like it. We'll start so an I'll Animal Crossing Discord. We'll throw that link out there as well. Big take. Every time Oliver mentions his island as Valhalla, I roll my eyes a little bit. I was so proud of myself when I the thought. The first I was time like, you said that, I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, oh my god, this kid named his island Valhalla. And that's he's what like, I thought too. As if everyone was like, should know. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Which is funny. Eh, no. You guys like uh, Chip Stitch? I was thinking for probably like 20 minutes on what to name it, and I just had absolutely nothing. My creativity is at an all-time low as far as like personal attributes. For some reason, that came to mind, so I just went with it. No, that's funny. What's Jake's? What's your t- uh, island name, Jake? Skeptilia. What the hell? It's named after one of my favorite Pokemon. That's all I can think. Of. I'm sorry. Hold on, I gotta look it up. Steve, we didn't have to go about Skeptile Steve. this week. Skeptile, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Take me off the this podcast. It's been two hours. This podcast hours. is going to go real well Skip. because the, the co-host doesn't even know Pokemon. Oh, I will say, I did, get, I did get a good belly laugh when I tweeted out the trailer and Ollie, Ollie responded and was like, he barely prepares for his main podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's playing Xbox this whole fucking time. Dude, it's called Animal Crossing dipshit. I'm fucking going in on the fucking Iron Nuggets. Same. Ay, ay, ay. Billy, what's, what's your island name? It's not Pokemon related, obviously. No, it is Giltopia. Okay, I, that's, I like that one a lot. <laughs> Thank you. And then, and uh, Josh has got Eggminton. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it had me laughing. All right, that's it. Um, thanks again, Jake, for joining us tonight. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. What's the podcast at again? SESL podcast. There you go. Check it out. They talk. You think uh, our movie and TV takes are are blasphemous they've got some crazy stuff also like i'm never gonna get over when gilly pointed it out that sour patch goods were left off that snack it i just 
Oof. Yeah, Dave. Dave put that on his top five. Just, uh, just to you know, have you have you there in spirit. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Sure. We owe you guys a top five now, right? Yeah, you guys got to give us uh, give us another top five, so we can we can argue about something else. All right, we'll be on the lookout for that one. Oh, I will be. We'll have to be. Br- we'll sling up some ideas. That's it. I gotta. I gotta go to bed. Slash. Open up my island for a little party. Party for one. Yeah, but yeah, no one's getting invited though. You and Tom Nook having a great time. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs>